ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, and joining me for uh, our annual conversation every year, Super Bowl week. He seems to enjoy it, I guess. He doesn't hate the sound of my voice, but I think he enjoys it because he gets to kind of go back to those moments in that, that mo- well, let's say that moment in his early 20s when he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl won a Super Bowl, and uh, went on to have a long career. We're visiting with former Ragin' Cajun, 14-year NFL wide receiver, Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer, Brandon Stokely. Good morning, Brandon. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Look, it's a highlight of my year. Every year when I get the text message from you about, hey, let's go. It's time to do the, the, the Super Bowl talk. I said, oh, perfect. I, so highlight of my year is joining you for uh, Super Bowl talk. You see, I know you work in radio now. You, you must be good at sales, too, because you're already just <laughs> going in and giving the pitch, man. I, I, try to, I try to do it all. I try to be able to do it all. No, but I really do enjoy it. Um, like you said, it's always great to talk about a special moment in your life. You know, you don't get to do that much and uh, just kind of reminisce on those times and when you were young and kind of the thought process. And um, it's just, uh, it was such a special time for me. So I always love uh, chatting about the Super Bowl. I mean, 20 years ago, Brandon, I mean, you're, you're what, 44 now? So 20 years ago, you're on that Ravens team. Does it feel like 20 years ago or does it kind of feel like longer, shorter? Like When you think of 20 years ago today and where you were in life, Outside of just the obvious stuff, preparing for a Super Bowl, what else do you think about uh, Brandon Stokely I mean, it, in his early 20s? Yeah, you know, it seems like it was 50 years ago. Uh, it really does. So much has happened, you know, in my life and since that moment, you know, getting married, having kids. And, I mean, that, you know, if you have kids, uh, it, you know, some years feel like they're 10 years. Uh-huh. So it's um, – but it, it does. It seems like it was 50 years ago that that happened. Um, and I was just a – you know, young kid from South Louisiana that got drafted to to play for the Baltimore Ravens and just kind of moved up there. My sister helped me move up there, found me an apartment, and, you know, just living on my own and, um, you know, playing NFL football and just kind of trying to enjoy it, not really knowing what, what was uh, out in front of me in, in five, six years and, you know, didn't know if I was going to be still playing football or, or going to try to go into coaching and move back to Louisiana and, and next thing you know, I was playing in the Super Bowl. So um, it's just one of those moments in time where you're just young and just enjoying it, not really uh, don't have, you know, grand expectations, but just trying to enjoy that moment. And and like I said, next ne- next thing you know, next thing you know, you're there um, in the Super Bowl and, and winning the game and catching a touchdown. So um, really, really cool moment in my life. Uh, was there a moment, Brandon, where – your fourth round pick. I know your rookie year, um, if I'm not mistaken, dealt with an injury for part of it. So now here you are in your second year, your your Super Bowl champion, first touchdown of the game, 38 yarder from Trent Dilfer. But is there, is there a moment earlier in your career where you're like, man, I, I'm I don't know if I'm gonna make. I'm just trying to stay on the team. Like if you had said I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be doing this for a living for the next. 13, 14 years, like, did you feel like you had a long career in front of you or was it more of just, just got to get through today? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I just got to get through today was the mindset. I mean, like you said, I had, I dislocated my shoulder a few times that year, um, my rookie year, 
ended up going on injured reserve and having surgery. Um, so that was basically my rookie year. Didn't play in a lot of football games. And then heading into the second, my second year, um, wasn't having a great training camp. Um, wasn't comfortable out there. Wasn't playing very well. And um, fortunate to make the football team coming out of training camp. And um, and then for the first nine, ten weeks, I was inactive. I, I, I didn't dress out. Um, so, um, you know, just part of the team, but just not dressing out and putting on a uniform from game days and just kind of not knowing what, what next, what, what the next step was going to be, but just continue to try to kind of work and get better and, and, and help the football team any way that I could during the week. Um, and then got a break, you know, our first round pick that year, Travis Taylor broke his collarbone. And then all of a sudden I started being able to dress out and, uh, getting a uniform and and playing on Sundays and and so um, you know trying to take advantage of those opportunities but certainly for me it was just about the here and the now at that time and, and about surviving and and um, you know trying to do well with that opportunity I wasn't kind of looking too far uh, in front of me um, it was about just trying to take advantage of the opportunity and and and, and stick around and and next thing you know I, I got you know an opportunity there that year and. And, and took advantage of it, and we got in the playoffs, and coaches started trusting me a little bit more and giving me more playing time, and and there we were in the Super Bowl, and I was catching a touchdown. Pretty cool. I think about you know a journey like yours or your former college teammate Jake DeLome, who who spent over a decade in the league and played in a Super Bowl. Uh, didn't was didn't win you know rings like you did, but got really really close. But I think about the small things early in the career where if they don't happen. Maybe the career doesn't happen, you know, like Jake getting that opportunity from Coach Ditka and, um, you know, NFL Europe and getting into Saints training camp under Jim Haslett. He's sixth on the depth chart, but Mark Mark Bolger was awful in training camp. Ended up becoming a Pro Bowler later, but awful in training camp. Another guy gets hurt. Like all this stuff happens, and so now he's on the team. And uh, for you, it's like Travis Taylor gets hurt. Now you get to take advantage you never know one thing different here or there. I mean, I, I just wonder how many careers never took off that could have had just one other thing happen. I guess ultimately you just, when the, when the iron's hot, man, you got to strike and you got to be ready to strike because if you're not, you're going to be left in the dust. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of it. You know, whether, you know, uh, my career might have been, you know, uh, three or four years rather than 15 years. I mean, you just, you, 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 a lot of breaks go your way, um, certainly. Um, uh, but I think you've you got to capitalize on them. You've got to take advantage of them. And, uh, you've got to continue to work and have the right mindset when things aren't going your way to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And so that's why I, I try to put myself in a position like that. But certainly I look back and I say, man, this thing could have gone, you know, I could have, I could have not even been there for two years. Uh, fortunate, you know, you got to have some people in your corner and you got to have some breaks go your way. Um, and, and they certainly did for me. Uh, and if not, it could have been very short and, uh, career, uh, but, and you, and you look at the talent, I mean, there's talent everywhere and the difference between making and not making is so razor thin. Um, you, you definitely have to have, um, some luck and, and some fortunate things go your way. Brandon Stokely, our guest, ESPN1420N.com. I'm Scott Prather. Brandon, um, when, when you were in Baltimore, we've talked about it. I mean, everybody remembers that defense and Ray Lewis and Peter Bolware and McCrary and Sarah Goose and, and, and I could go on and on. I mean, a lot of really mm-hmm. talented players. On the offensive side of the ball, 
Um, other than I think Jonathan Ogden and uh, and and I guess Jamal, the running back, was a rookie that yep. year. Those guys, obviously, everyone I think knows just how talented they were. Um, and you know, I mean, Jamal's in in the Hall of Fame. Other than those two, who's someone on the offensive side of the ball that maybe? you know, the common fan wouldn't have realized, but they were just a grinder, somebody you had a lot of respect for that you felt like was a big key to that team winning the Super Bowl. Well, I look at a guy like Kadri Ismail, um, who a uh, very talented guy, um, but was just a team guy. He helped me out a lot um, early in my career, just being a good mentor, watching how he worked, watching how he took care of his body, the things that he did to be successful. Um uh, and he was, and he's a really good guy off the football field. Um, so a guy like that, um, I think for, for a young guy like me was a great role model. Um, you know, we had a, a really good tight end there and Shannon Sharp, um, who, who brought a winning tradition from Denver to Baltimore and you saw how he worked and, um, uh, and just how he was a pro, uh, but, but certainly under the radar type of guy, I look at a guy like Kadri Ismail and, and uh, just being in the wide receiver room with him and, and, and just seeing how things were done. Uh, if you wanted the last seven, eight years in the NFL, the things that you needed to do. So, um, and, and, and Trent Dilfer was, was um, such a great fit for our football team when he got into the lineup and guys rallied around him. And you, you need your quarterback to be a leader. Um, and he was a leader and he was tough and just fit our, our football team perfectly. Um, you know, uh, so, so having him, uh, that one year was, was, was great. And, um, he was just a perfect fit for, for our style of football that we played in Baltimore. Now I know he ended up going to Indy too. Were you guys teammates there as well? Who's that? Uh, were, were, was Quadri, I know he ended up playing oh, for oh, the... oh, yes. Uh, no, we weren't teammates. He, he actually, uh, I think his last year there, I was going there as he was okay. leaving there, um, something like that. So, no, we just missed each other. But I remember talking to him on the phone and him telling me, man, you're going to be perfect for this offense. You're going to love it here. Um, and um, it ended up working out great for me because I didn't really know what to expect. And um, so it was uh, – but it was one of those things, yeah, it, it worked out perfectly uh, for me. But we had just missed each other there in, in Indy. Yeah, Brandon Stokely, our guest. So uh, I know you won another Super Bowl in Indy. You weren't able to play in the game. You're dealing with an injury, but you won a second ring. And getting to play with Peyton Manning, I know you guys are are still good friends today. But between you and and Marvin and and Reggie Wayne, how much do you think Peyton did for your career? Because I I know folks remember that trio and the season Peyton set the touchdown record, which is you know, was the record at the time. I mean, you guys caught so many. How much do you think your profile moving on to the rest of your career? I mean, you got to Indy and you still played another 11 seasons. How much did that first and second season in Indy really, in your opinion, just catapult your career? Well, obviously, you know, people took notice that I could go out there and, and produce at a very high level. So that certainly helped, you know, put the, I guess, the, general managers to kind of, oh, this guy can actually do it at this high of a level um, and, and do it consistently for a whole year. So that certainly helped. But I think more than that, for me, what what helped me in my career was uh, just being around Peyton every single day and watch how he approached uh, coming to work, watch how he um, worked at practice and, and just the attention to detail. When you're in the film room with him, 
and how he wanted things to be done um, so he could he could know exactly where you were going to be when you were supposed to be there and just let it rip. There was no gray area with him. And so I learned that, and I learned just the work that it took to be good and to be on the same page um, with a guy. Uh, so you get in the game, it's like second nature. There, there's no thinking. There's no gray area. You just go out there. You've done it so many times that you trust each other, and he knows where you're going to be, and you know what you're going to do, and it's just bam, bam, bam. And it's it's a great thing to, to watch, and it's a great thing to be a part of when you're at that type of level um, and you have that tri- type of trust uh, with your quarterback. Uh, and then, you know, when I left Indy, I signed uh, with Denver, uh, and I, I brought that, you know, mindset with me to Denver, and, and coaches appreciated that, the attention to detail and uh, the work ethic and, um, you know, how you approach the, the game and how you approach practices. And, and then your quarterback obviously um, really liked that side of, uh, of, you know, attention to detail and, hey, no one, there's no gray area there. So I brought that with me um, everywhere that I went, and coaches certainly appreciated that. And, and that was a big reason why I lasted so long. Even when my, my skill set wasn't quite the same, um, they knew that they could count on you to – to do what you were supposed to do. And, 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 you know, when, when stuff's hitting the fans and quarterbacks and stuff is guys are blitzing, hitting them and, and pressures on them, they, they got to know that you're going to do what they expect you to do. And, and, and that's what I brought to, to future teams that I was on. And, and it helped me last, uh, you know, for 15 years in the NFL. 15 seasons for Brandon Stokely um, from 99. It started ended in Baltimore in 2013. But I think, you know, to be clear, Brandon, I'm not insinuating that, Peyton earns you the next contract or anything like that. I mean, you you took advantage. You earned it. I guess my question, which I was leading into, is how much can a quarter – like, you you can do so much on your own, but ultimately it's a team sport. Like, how much can a great quarterback help earn a receiver or a tight end a contract that, frankly, they, they might not have gotten had they been playing with a different quarterback? I mean, it's huge. <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, I know what Peyton did for my career, certainly. Um, uh, now you got to go out there and get open. Um, like you're saying, I mean, you know, but the playing wide receiver is a dependent position. Uh, you need, you need a quarterback to be able to deliver. And when you have a great one, he makes you look better than, than quite frankly, you, you are. Um, and, uh, they, they, they can do a lot for your career. And Peyton did a lot for my career, um, you know, off the football field, on the football field and, um, not only when, like I said, not only when I was Indy, but in Indy, but when I moved on to other football teams. Um, but but you know, playing wide receiver, you, you, if you have a great quarterback that knows when to get to the football and knows where to throw the football and um, can deliver it on time and be accurate with it, then look, that's what it's all about. So uh, for me, being an Indy, um, it was it was awesome. It was awesome because I played with the, with the best, and this guy was just unbelievable. Um, and certainly, he he catapulted my career. Brandon Stokely, our guest, ESPN 1420. Uh, this is a great Scott show. Here's a, a question I've always been curious. I wanted to ask someone that was a, a You know, Scott, a, Scott, just real quick, go and, ahead. and especially coming from, you know, a quarterback like Jake DeLone, you know, you go from the bottom to the top. Um, and so, you know, that was <laughs> – There it is. That was, uh, there you know, it is. It's just a, such a big jump. I was able to finally flourish and just like, oh, man, finally, I got me a, a quarterback that can – I like I like being the the courier that gets to each year just talk trash between the two of you guys and Jake, <laughs> you know Jake always brings up when he yelled at you because 
when you guys were at the swamp and you were just trying to yeah. get the the fans in the swamp fired up in the Spurrier yeah. Florida Gator heyday, and he just throws what like an out and you're doing something else and he says that yeah, he threw. He, go ahead. Out. He threw a go route. A go route. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally screwed that one up. But you know, you talk. You say Jake yelled at me. There's like a hundred different instances that he yelled at me. So you know, I'm like, which one is it this time? I mean, he was always yelling at me, uh, but we had so much fun, man. He he was fun to play wide receiver for. We competed and and we would yell at each other. And he was such a competitor. You know, it's always fun to play with guys that just love football, love to compete, and and that's who he was. So it was, uh, man, that was that was fun playing with that guy. He I, I, he said, see, it's a play that like I guess you know. UL fans might remember, but it's one in terms of his entire career, college and pro, and yours, most people aren't going to remember it. But then he goes to New Orleans, and Fred Weary's his teammate, and Fred liked <laughs> to bring up that he gave him a nice punt return. And then yeah. and then Jake said anytime he's around Peyton Manning, that yep. Peyton always brings it up, and you kind of have helped with that. So he's like, you know, it is this, this one play for my entire career, but it gets brought up way too much among some of my friends. Yeah, it does. That's that's one of Peyton's favorites. Um, uh, so anytime that us three are together, Peyton, Jake, and myself, he always brings it up. And usually, whenever we're in a group, uh, Peyton and I, Peyton will bring it up um, uh, just just to, to make fun of me. And uh, but it's great. I love it. I enjoy it. Man, it was a fun game to play in. And I just you know playing in the swamp, all those people there and. Uh, but I did. I, I screwed it up. I, I take ownership of that, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I was enjoying that moment. And it was, uh, you know, we got beat pretty bad that game, but man, was that fun! You, you see, you take responsibility, and yet Jake Delhomme is the one that gets all the flags. So it, it still worked out yeah. pretty good for you, Brandon. I think. Well, that's what you you know when you're a good wide receiver, sometimes you take the blame for things that maybe you shouldn't take the blame for, and um, and so stand up. And, and that was one that I I certainly um, screwed up in a big way, and. I never made that mistake again. Uh, Jake DeLome. Excuse me, Jake DeLome. Jake Jake is uh, – hopefully we get him on this week, and I'll make sure to bring up that he – you know, you, you pointed out he went from the bottom to the top. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll have him respond. And tell him I take ownership of, of his interception oh, to Fred Reary. I, I, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Something like that, yeah. 95, 96, but uh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Brandon Stokely, our guest. So, Brandon, this is a question I, I – I guess I'll ask you, it's just kind of a curious question now that I'm kind of older and, and have kids and stuff. So you mentioned when you first got into the league, right? You get drafted by Baltimore, your sister drives with you, you move there and you're just, you're just trying to make it right. And, and it worked out. You win a Super Bowl ring. You have some good seasons in Baltimore, but the longer you're in the league, the more life changes. Like you said, you got married um, and you started having kids and you played on, five different teams and, you know, seven different seasons you were on a new team because you had two stints with Denver and Baltimore. When you start moving around that much, what goes into the decision of, all right, do I, do I bring the family with me here? Do they stay while I go work? Like, especially when you have young kids, like I've always been curious. Yeah. And I know, I know different guys do it differently, but in talking to different athletes, they, they say, look, it's really hard to be away from them, but sometimes it's the best thing. So what was, what was the Stokely family approach once you got to that point in your career where it wasn't just you and, and your wife, but you guys also had the kids? Yeah, it, I mean, it makes it difficult. It really does. Um, uh, so 
you know, I, I was fortunate when I, when I was in, in Indy, I had both my kids there. Um, and, um, I ended up getting released there after I tore my Achilles and, uh, you know, still looking for a place to play football. And, and I got an opportunity here in Denver on a one year contract and, I uh, had two young kids at the time, um, and we planned on making our home base Louisiana at that time. And so we were back in Louisiana in the off season, and, and uh, got the call from Denver that I had an opportunity there. And my wife and I looked at each other and just said, "You know what? Um, let's just go ahead and make the move. Um, let's bring everybody there. We'll have a fun year." You know, I had a miserable year the year before, injured uh, all the, the whole year pretty much, and then finally tore my Achilles and. So I said, you know, I don't know how I don't know how much football I have left in me. Let's go for it. Um, so moved up to to Denver, bought a house, and said, you know, we're going to enjoy Denver, Colorado, uh, for the year that I'm going to be here and, and see what's next, and hopefully I can stay healthy. And if not, we'll be back in in Louisiana. Um, and ended up staying healthy, having a great year, and re-signing with Denver. And then you know, kids start getting into school and activities. You start meeting people outside of football and just kind of decided to make this our home base. Um, you know, my father passed away during that time, and, um, and that was tough, and it was just, just you know, so, so that kind of helped make my um, decision and, and my wife's decision um, to stay here. Uh, my youngest son has autism. We wanted a great place for him to, to um, go to school, and they had a great place here that really caters and, and helps kids out, so... Um, you know, that, that, that certainly was a big part of the conversation. We just decided to make this our home base and I ended up, you know, getting released by the Broncos. And, and now I'm sitting there looking at my wife and uh, this was, this was in, uh, during the, right before the season started saying, okay, what's next for us? Um, and I got an opportunity to go to Seattle and, and, and sign with them after the third week of the season. And she said, you can go, but I'm not going to go, which I totally understood. Um, she's not going to pick up and just go to a new city for three or four months. Um, and, and they would come visit. Um, but that kind of made the decision easy there. And then the following year, I had a chance to go play with the Giants but um, and, and, and signed with them after the first week of the season. It was the same kind of thing. You know, hey, I'm just going to go up here for four months. You can come visit. Um, and I only lasted there about three weeks before I got hurt and I was back home and so, so for me, it was it, the, the one good thing about my situation was I never had to spend the whole off season, a, a March, April, May, June without my family. It was just during the season, um, the few times that I that I had to go um, play, and they kind of stayed here and, and would come visit and do their things. But it, it's not easy. It's not easy being away from your family. You know, it can be depressing, and you know, football's a grind sometimes, and things aren't going well, and your family's not there. It, it's uh, and you're out there by yourself. It's it's depressing. It can be. Um, so it's not an easy decision though, uh, especially when you have young kids. But we managed to to kind of figure out our way to do it, and uh, and it worked out. Brandon Stokely, our guest. You know, I, I think about like this year, and I was talking to uh, somebody who's part of an NBA team, and they're like, you just you're, you're away from your family, and and they're just there for you know, just kind of like situation like you just different city probably only for a season but it's not even that like they can't go anywhere when they travel on the road with the team they have to stay in the hotel and they can't even like interact with one another like i i and i know we're talking about a totally different thing but i think about you know the mental health of athletes and that's obviously um a little more discussed than than it used to be and and i think that's a good thing 
output. Man, I think this year more than any other, it's it's the unique challenge of just, yeah, you're part of a team and that's cool, but you're not even able to spend as much time with those teammates that you typically are either. There's There's got to be a difficulty in that isolation. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think it, it's hard for the fans to realize that. Um, it's hard for people to realize that because they look at, you know, oh, look, these guys are making you know, millions of dollars or whatever the case may be. Um, uh, they should be they should be happy, but it's it's tough. It's tough when you, like I said, especially if you're injured or or you're not playing well, your team's not playing well, and and, and you know you mentioned the fact of of what's going on now and just being you know really isolated from from the world and, and from your family and from your teammates. It's uh, it's more difficult. Um, so it's it's a tough thing. It's it's a tough thing that a lot of guys um, uh, have to go through, especially now with everything that's going on. It's not, it's not an easy situation just because you're a um, you know, you might be famous or, or playing in you know professional sport. Doesn't make all those other issues just go away and disappear. You have to deal with them, and and uh, it's you know what what situation you're in and how much money you make. Um, those situations are tough. Yeah, people just think, oh, you make six, seven figures, that's fine. But really, what is your happiness worth at the end of the day? And um, you know, right, you you were able to make it work with your wife and your kids, and. Um, and and play a number more years in the C, in, in the NFL, which I'm sure will be nice, Brandon. When you start getting uh, a little bit older and, and you start getting those pension checks from the league for how long you're in the league, that won't be bad. Getting a couple <laughs> extra accrued yeah, seasons. But uh, Brandon Stokely, our guest, uh, former raging Cajun NFL wide receiver as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Come back, get his thoughts on this year's Super Bowl, the Bucks and um, the Chiefs and. You know, Brandon's only one year older than the guy starting at quarterback for for, for the Buccaneers, which I, I don't know how he's doing it, but we're going to get his thoughts on that and more. It's all coming your way next right here. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. All right, welcome back into the program, everybody. We're visiting with former Raging Cajun, Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer, Brandon Stokely, NFL wide receiver for 15 seasons 99 to 2013 he uh, he played in the league and um you know he's been he's been on this side of the work for a while brandon's been doing sports radio in denver for uh not you're, you're a seasoned veteran at this point huh brandon i mean you've been doing it for a while yeah i've been doing this since 2016 so i'm going on um uh, you know in a couple months it'll be five years for me so um I've, I've really enjoyed it though it's been a it's been fun it's been great i took a couple of years off of football and just kind of wanted to see what i wanted to do next and it kind of came out of nowhere and i decided to give it a shot and try it out and i've really really enjoyed it and, and have and, and, and have had a lot of fun with it so it's been good ESPN fourteen twenty. Yeah, you know, and I, I, you're a good follow on Twitter. I tell people that, like, you know, I mean, look, Drew Brees had an amazing career, and 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 he's, you know, gonna probably hang it up soon. But you know, he's tweeting out a lot of uh, advertisements and things he might be promoting, and and you know, some nice pictures of the family, which is fine. But he's not really kind of interacting with fans, you know, like at right. B Stokely one four. Uh, there's some dumb things I get in my mentions. I ignore it, and I'm sure you do too. But every now and then, Brandon, you're just going to kind of respond, call them out on it, and uh, I, for one, I, I, for one, find it entertaining. I'm sitting there on my timeline like, oh, let me let me take a look at this conversation. <laughs> Sometimes I can't help myself, you know. Um, 
like my grandfather told me whenever I got kicked out of an NFL game and I was really scared to talk to him and just nervous to talk to him. And, 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 uh, as I, you know, I said, Papa, I'm sorry. He said, boy, that's just that coon ass coming out in you. So, you know, that, that's, that's just happened sometimes to me. You know, I just can't, I can't bite my tongue. I can't help myself. So there you go. I love that story. You said that was the, the most scared you were after a game when you got kicked out was to talk <laughs> to your was, grandfather. It was, it was, you know, my grandfather's old school, old farmer, uh, worked for everything that he got and, you know, and, you know, you, you handle yourself the right way. And, you know, I lost my cool that game and he was somebody that, you know, obviously, obviously I looked up to and, I respected so much. I, I didn't want to let him down, um, but he he was he was uh, you know he was okay with it. Good stuff. All right, Brandon Stokely, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Super Bowl fifty five. There was one thing I forgot to ask you last segment. Um, you were part of the Colts Super Bowl team. Now you were you were hurt that year, as you mentioned, but that Ravens team in two thousand, that defense was incredible, and you guys had a great season. Uh, you, of course, we talked about you caught that touchdown in the Super Bowl. But whose jaw was most sore from just never shutting up? Tony Saragusa, Shannon Sharp, or Ray Lewis? Or was there someone else? Like, who talked the most on that team? <laughs> well, I think, uh, think it would be Shannon Sharp. Uh, he just never shut up. Um, but we had, we had a cast of characters. I mean, you could have a list. And there's an under-the-radar guy named Brad Jackson. Um, who gave himself the nickname player. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but he, it stuck. It stuck. Uh, but he, he talked a lot. Played at the University of Cincinnati, and he's a funny guy. He's a great guy. Uh, but he talked a lot. So we certainly had our fair share uh, of guys that could run their mouth, and, and most of them um, were on the defense. But we did have one on offense that kind of gave us a little bit of swagger, and that was Shannon Sharp. Man. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, and and Sharp, he he still does it. I mean, that guy's, yeah. you know, the only thing, if there's a picture of him the, that, that his mouth isn't open, it's surprising because I just expected, right. like, it, always <laughs> to just be running. Did, did Jonathan Ogden talk much, or was he kind of just a no. quiet guy? He was, he was he was more reserved, quiet guy. He didn't, he didn't say a whole lot. Oh, man, that guy. What a you know, he's a huge, huge man. I mean, huge. Um, but a great athlete, great, great athlete. I mean, he can shoot the basketball. I mean, he's just a great athlete. This must have been hard to get a word in, I imagine, in uh, in that locker room. But uh, all right, so let's let's. I want your thoughts on Super Bowl Fifty Five coming up Sunday. Um, weird year, obviously. You got a team playing on their home stadium, but it's the COVID year. The Chiefs won't get there until I think Friday. Um, but you got you got Mahomes the present and the future. You got Brady, the past, some would say still the present. He's still doing it. How is, how is Tom, I know that he's not playing at the level he was, you know, a few years ago, but he's still in the Super Bowl. And, and yeah, they got a great defense. I get all that. How is he doing that at 43 years old, Brandon? Uh, it's impressive. I, I don't know. You know, he's really taking care of his body. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to say, you know, I, I'm sure he's, he he puts a lot of work into it, and um, but it's uh, you know you, you think about it, it's like wow, uh, you know the rules have changed a lot. You, you don't hit the quarterback a lot anymore. You can't really touch them, um, or, or you get a penalty and you get a you know fifty thousand dollar fine. So that certainly helps. But man, all credit to him. He's he's 
it's it's unbelievable the the way that he's kept in shape and and still can sling it. You know, he can still throw it, and you see that's what you usually start seeing just the arm strength go down. And and like you said, it's not the same Tom Brady, but still, I mean, he can still get it done at the highest of levels. And we've seen it in the playoffs. I mean, they've gone through the Saints, they went through uh, Green Bay. You know, one and two seeds right there I mean, on the road. Not an easy thing to do. So. I know that when you played, you guys had some battles with the Patriots, um, and whether it be Spygate, Deflategate, you were you were just not you were never one that was going to root for the Patriots, right? Now that Brady is somewhere else, is that does that, did that carry over a little bit? Are you still like, man, I don't want this guy to win, the competitor, in um, you, or is it different? Right? Uh, yeah, no, I, I still don't like New England, uh, but but Tom, to me now. Uh, you know, you kind of watch him and you just appreciate what he's been able to accomplish and, and you just respect that so much. And um, I, I know some people down there in Tampa that are part of that organization and they just speak so highly of him and how humble he is and um, just how he approaches it. And so uh, you can't help but respect him and admire what he's been able to do and accomplish and still do. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't you, for me, Tom Brady, okay, you're good now with me. New England, I, I will never like you, and I'm glad you had the year that you had this year. So that's kind of my mindset now. All right. All right. Brandon Stokely, our guest. So um, 11 players with Louisiana ties on the on the rosters for the Super Bowl in Louisiana. I think this season was second in the NFL per capita in terms of players. Uh, I think Georgia was first. But Louisiana some years is first. It's always near the top, right? One in 59 yep. players in the NFL this year from the boot. You ever bring that up on your sports radio show? Like, if if somebody brings up, you know, Louisiana, you're like, well, you know, we we bred a lot of NFL players. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at year in and year out at the guys that are uh, come out of Louisiana, um, and not only from colleges there, but just go on to, you know, whether they go to, you know, somewhere in Texas or Alabama or Georgia. You know, I mean, just the talent that comes out of that state is just unreal. And so, certainly, very proud of that. Um, and it's it's been that way for a long time, and it will continue to be that way. Uh, so, you know, you, you definitely, if you're from Louisiana, you take pride in those things. You got a number of them on both rosters. On Tampa Bay, one of them from Spring Hill, that'd be Mr. Devin White. And um, what an incredible player. I mean, it mm. feels like the best is yet to come for him. I think Tampa Bay, Brandon, their defense, I understand why it's not the national headline because, you know, Tom Brady – agree or disagree, that's going to be the, the biggest story nationally for the Bucks. But that defense, as a result, I, in a strange way, they're almost being overlooked. I feel like that's been the biggest key to them in this postseason run. Absolutely. Um, you know, heading into the playoffs, I thought they had a good chance to make a decent run because, because of the defense. Um, and you look at Devin White and you look at Levante David, they're two linebackers. I mean, those guys run sideline to sideline and can flat out do it all. You look at their front four. They got a really talented front four. You can't run the football on them. And they got two edge rushers there, you know, with Shaq Barrett and uh, Pierre Paul that can come off the edge and, and get to the quarterback. Uh, so they got a good front. Um, and when you can't run the ball consistently on a team, it makes it difficult. Um, so uh, certainly that defense is going to have their hands full against Tampa. I mean, excuse me, against uh, the Chiefs uh, coming up. Uh, but, man. Uh, what they were able to do against New Orleans and then against the Packers. I mean, you got to say that defense is playing its best football right now, and it matters the most right now. How, how, how much would you have enjoyed playing in a Kansas City type of offense? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's you know wide receiver heaven. Uh, you look at uh, what they do and the, the weapons that they have and the tight end that they have. Um, you know, everything just kind of opens up. And you know, sometimes it looks like a lot like uh, street ball out there. You just kind of go here, turn here. Oh no, Patrick Mahomes scrambling, go this way, that way. Um, and but they make it work. You know, uh, there's a there's a there's a method to their madness, um, or or they wouldn't be as consistent as they've been. Uh, so it's uh, it's one of those offenses that looks like it's so much fun to play, and they do so many different things. They put so much pressure on a defense, and now they have the talent, right? It's not just Mahomes. Uh, but they have the perfect pieces for that style of an offense with the speed of a Tyree kill with, you know, the, 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 you know, Travis Kelsey being able to do everything that he, he does big, fast, strong route runner. Um, and they have good complementary pieces around them. And then adding, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year um, was just a great fit. So they, they got it all. Brandon Stokely, our guest. So with that, I, I, What's your analysis on this game, Brandon? I know y'all have already started to break it down a bit. I mean, I'm I'm leading toward Kansas City. I just think their offense is that good. Um, I was telling someone on the air last week, they were like, well, I mean, Mahomes, he, they almost sacked him last week. And I hear that all the time. I'm like, just Bye. because he lets it go right before he gets, you know, is about to get touched doesn't mean you almost sacked him. Like, it's not like he knows. Like, he feels that pass rush. Even though you think you're close, you're not – you're not always that close. I, I, I don't know how you could slow down this offense, even though I was very complimentary of Tampa's defense. But for my two cents, which isn't worth even two cents, I like the Chiefs. But where are you going in this one? Yeah, uh, I, I think I agree with you there. I just think the Chiefs firepower offensively um, and the things that they can do, um, it just puts so much pressure on a defense. And then, in turn, puts pressure on the other offense um, to keep pace. Uh, and when they, they met up earlier in the year, you know, Kansas City took it to them um, in a big way, especially early. And the game got a little bit closer there at the end. But uh, Kansas City had a huge lead early. Uh, so I think it's going to be a close football game. Tampa's defense is playing really well right now. They've changed some things up. They're not quite as aggressive as they were earlier in the year. Um, and so I think that's the better approach. Don't don't leave those guys, uh, those cornerbacks out on an island. And then you got Tom Brady, um, and, you, and they got weapons over there on offense in, in Tampa. So – uh, but but I'm gonna give an answer to the defending champion Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of hard to pick against the Chiefs right now, especially with what we saw them do um, uh, against in their last game against Buffalo. Well, I know you you know as we said, you're uh, Brandon Stokely, our guest. You're a sports talk radio host in Denver, and so much of your content revolves around the Broncos. Is it frustrating knowing that you play in a division with a guy that's that young and is going to be on the Chiefs for that long? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's depressing, uh, you know, if you're a Denver Bronco fan. I mean, because that's your neighbor. Uh, look, and he's not going anywhere, and he's just getting better and better. And it's not only him; it's the nucleus around him. And when you look at a Travis Kelsey, just kind of in his prime, a Tyreek Hill, and when you have that, then you know. By the way, they just drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire. When you have those, now you know, you can just sprinkle in just good, solid players, and they look uh, better than what they are. And then um, on top of that, you're going to have veteran guys that want to come there to try to win the Super Bowl because they're going to be competitive and be a contender here for the next five to ten years. Uh, so, you know, guys that just at the end of their career that are still really good players that want to try to win the Super Bowl, that, that's the team that they're going to pick. So, yeah, and when, when that team's in your division, it's, it's depressing and it, it's tough to deal with. 
the team you cover, I did want to get your thoughts before we let you run. Um, like I said, I follow you on social, and, and I know a lot of discussion around quarterback, and why not? I mean, I, I was last week looking at there could be up to 20 teams that probably have a new starting quarterback in the NFL next season. Um, Crazy. It's wild. It'll at least probably be around 17 or 18, but there's only about a dozen teams today that feel like they know, barring injury, who their starter is going to be week one. Denver is definitely one of those teams that don't. I know Locke had a chance here. Where, where do you think the Broncos are going? Is Stafford a possibility? What's their offseason approach? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, they got to add to the room. Um, and they just got a new general manager. Uh, so, you know, who knows how this guy thinks and operates. So uh, when you look at the, the possibilities out there, there's a lot. I mean, you can go Stafford, Deshaun Watson. Um, so when you look at trades, you know, who's going to be hitting the free agent market? You look at a guy like, you know, right there with the Saints, Jameis Winston. What's going to happen with him? Are the Saints going to keep him? Is he going to hit the market? Um, he's very intriguing because of his ceiling. And, you know, yes, we know the interceptions, but, man, I mean, he can throw the football. Uh, if he can clean up a few things. Uh, so there's a lot of possibilities out there, and I think Denver's going to add somehow, some way, just don't know what avenue they're going to take. You were interviewing Von Miller before the season, asking him about the contract, the situation, and it was, I think, a question that any Broncos fan was curious about. I shouldn't say any. Many Broncos fans were curious about. He didn't. He didn't seem to like it. I thought it was. I mean, you're, you're just you're just doing your job. Um, was there a question ever asked you during your career by a media member where you were just like, you might not have answered disrespectfully, but in your mind you're like, are you kidding me with this question? Yeah, there's one that sticks out. You know, usually I'm pretty good. I don't have an ego. You know, you can ask me whatever you want. You can tell me I stink and I played awful. And, you know, I'm more critical of myself than, than anybody uh, out there. Uh, so uh, many questions, they don't, they don't bother me. You can you know, tell me this guy's better than me and I, I shouldn't have lasted. And I, I, it doesn't bother me, right? None of that stuff bothers me at all. I could care less. Uh, but the one that did really bother me, I was in Indianapolis. I just signed there. Um, in 2003, and I was dealing with a, a foot injury, a Liz Frank foot injury that I had the previous year. And this thing was the worst injury I've had out of all of my injuries. I've had Achilles, I've had ACL, shoulder. This Liz Frank injury was the worst one by far, and it was just lingering throughout the season. And um, and I had a media member coming up to me because I was inactive and wasn't playing a lot that early in that year, and a media member came up to me and said, um, and asked me, kind of paraphrasing here, if I thought I was stealing. Mentioned the word stealing, like from uh -oh. the football team, because I was yeah. just there and I wasn't really contributing. And and for me, that that was uh, that was that was a little bit disrespectful um, because I was doing everything I could to 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 get back healthy, to get on the football field, and so uh, I didn't appreciate that. Um, and I, and now looking back, I wish I would have handle it differently i mean i wish i would have said i mean what do you mean stealing uh and, and so kind of called him out on it but i try to be professional in that moment and uh but that's the one that sticks out they're, they're, most questions are i find that most questions are normal what you expect there's a few good ones and and every now and then there's just some bad ones and uh, and yeah. i don't blame you that's a bad one you don't come on man i mean this is what you do for a living your your, your body is going through a toll you you you're trying to get back out there, think, stealing, yeah. man. Are you kidding me? And, and, right. And, you know, I mean, look, media members have a job to do, and I always respected that, knowing that sometimes they're going to they got to ask you some critical questions, and I was always fine with it. 
but that one kind of crossed the line for me. Um, but I try to answer it professionally in that moment. But now looking back, I, I, I wish I would have. I wish I would have handled it a little bit differently. You wish, as your grandfather would have said, you maybe your coonass should have come out a little bit right there, right? That's, that's it. Well, uh, Brandon exactly. Stokely has been our guest. My final question for you, Brandon. I know um, you know your late father, his years coaching at, at, at USL, and your years playing there. I know the Raging Cajuns are special to you. Uh, the job that Napier's done, I asked you this last year. Here we are a year later. Now they're, you know, one loss. They're finished 15th in the country. He has turned down opportunities to stay. I don't think he's staying forever. I'll be, you know, let's be real. But, but he's turned down some pretty, pretty big opportunities to stay. Um, I, if you had said 10 years ago, hey, Brandon, 10 years from now, the Cajuns will have won six bowl games. Um, I guess they won their first one. So let's say 11 years ago they won. No, it was 2011 season. So yeah, if, if 10 years ago I'd said they're going to win six bowl games in the next decade, they'll play in another two, they'll finish in the top 15 in the country 10 years from now, I think you and, and even those that love the Cajuns would be like, yeah, right. But what's amazing to me is that everything that happened this year wasn't like, whoa, it wasn't Coastal Carolina. It wasn't this. Well, no one expected that. Is that even sustainable? It was the expectation. It was not surprising at all. I mean, I know you follow from afar, but, man, I mean, how, how are you it's feeling awesome. as an alum about awesome, Billy Napier? Awesome, awesome, I mean, you know, Billy Napier, I mean, how awesome is he? Um, what a stud. Uh, it's been remarkable. It's been so much fun to follow. And, uh, you know, they started the game, the season off with, I mean, just, uh, I mean, what a win at Iowa State and just carried the momentum. It wasn't an easy year. They had to fight and claw for some victories, had a lot to deal with with all the COVID stuff, and uh, but they persevered. And, man, um, it was a special year. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate as, as a Cajun to, to have Billy Napier down there as our head football coach. And every year that we have him, I say, yes, that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, it, it, he, he could go at any time, and, and we'll, we'll be thankful for him. But he's staying and, and, and for next year and could be more fired up for that program and for him and, and just having him lead that program. So, um, but it's awesome. It's awesome following from afar and, and just being, you know, alumni and, and a former player and to see what they've accomplished here. It's uh, it's um, it's a great feeling. Brandon Stokely has been our guest, two-time Super Bowl champion, 15 years in the NFL, Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer, Raging Cajun Hall of Famer. Uh, oh, by the way, his wife was a two-time All-American for the softball team. So I uh, definitely don't want to leave her out. A lot of, lot of um, athletic success in that family. But, Brandon, I, I always appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you again next year. But uh, keep Absolutely. enjoying the, uh, the radio gig, and um, it's always good catching up, man. Scott, thank you for having me. Uh, look forward to this, like I said earlier. Every year, looking forward to this. So, uh um, next year we'll continue the tradition, my man, and I appreciate you. Have a great, um, have a great year. Have a great year, and, and hopefully the Super Bowl is, is a good one. Thanks, Brandon. All the best, man. All right, buddy.